and I did not register pillowy cake or caramelized crust. The food did not spark joy in my head. And this was surprising, because food usually sets off a cascade of emotions and memories and pleasure for me. And this in turn causes me to crave and eat, and oftentimes overeat and then gain weight. But there was nothing like this that day. The shell bell cakes were simply going into my mouth. I didn't know how to say that everything tasted bland. That a bowl of rice tasted the same as a fried egg as a pancake. That I could see they were different foods, but the memories associated with each thing were gone. That the flavors were no longer meaningful or unique. That the flavors no longer connected to my emotional center. That I no longer had favorite foods. That I no longer had food preferences. I no longer remembered that my father's only cooking skill, besides making instant ramen, was knowing how to fry an egg. How he would fry up eggs for us every day when my mother was in the hospital for her kidney stone operation. How, because he liked eggs well done, our eggs too were served with the yolks dense and yellow-green. How, in spite of my childhood eggs, I now like my eggs over easy, the yolk flooding onto the plate like a rich sauce that I had no appetite or thirst, that I had no desire, really. I was an empty shell bell. Three hours later, I say it. Egg! What? Egg! What? Shell bells are eggs. Eggs are shell bells. Okay, Christine. I was spaced out. So spaced out, my brain was in space. I showered. The water was wet, but I no longer even knew that word. I was going through the motions I'd gone through nearly every morning of my life. Turned the metal knob thing, took off the things on my body, hung the rectangular soft cloth by the shower door, stepped in, stood under the wet stuff, washed the stuff on my head called hair with slippery stuff called shampoo, applied the sudsy stuff on my body, arms first, then neck, torso, and legs, rinsed the sudsy stuff off, stepped out, dried the wet off my body with the soft rectangular cloth. The music was on, and it was noise. I did not care for it. It had no meaning. It had no memories. I was only listening to noise. It was different from conversation, but the same in that I could not comprehend it. I was not aware of this lack of meaning. It just was. This is what I wrote on my blog months later about that first day. I thought that a chunk of my brain was off somewhere, having the time of its life without me. I was aware that my memory was gone. I would try to recall things, but when I would direct my mind to that very memory or task, I would be confronted with a dusty footprint of knowledge that was no longer available. My warehouse felt empty, even though it was not. I had a catalog, but I didn't know where anything was. Every single thing felt like a fleeting thought. That feeling where you wake up from sleep and know you dreamt, and have an impression of what it is you dreamt, but try as you might. You cannot remember the dream. Every single moment was like this. A haze. A dream world of intangibles. Of reaching for and grabbing air. Normally, I would be very frustrated by such a state. Normally, I am frustrated when I cannot remember something. 
even something minor, and know that I should. I was not normal. I accepted this malfunction as fact, and slid into a comfortable haze. I picked up a book, Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five, and began to read. All this happened. The war parts, anyway, are pretty much true. Back to page one. For a couple of days, I believed the stuff of my dreams really happened, only to have Adam tell me a few days later that they never did. This went on for months afterward. I wasn't hiking in a forest. I was not sailing the ocean. I was not flying. I had to throw all of my dreams out of my mind to stay in reality. I lost all the dreams the soft edges of those memories melting and then shelving themselves in some part of my brain I could no longer reach.